I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify, and NHM NewcastleHunterMamas.com. Congratulations to Hunter and Newcastle Havel. They've just been awarded the best value medium SUV by Drive. There's no wait times across all their GWM showrooms. Three easy locations East Maitland, Cardiff, and Port Stephens. Anywhere you are, you're close to a new car. With Hunter and Newcastle GWM Havel. They also have the best value hybrids in the market. No wait times there either. Georgia Wet Nutrition. God, we're all struggling with this, aren't we? But today you are going to learn more, Mama, and you are going to have a little bit more energy for the tykes and maybe be able to pull up some of those jean shorts, which I can't do because I had a skiing time. (laughs) I went skiing for like... Six weeks or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is exciting because my dad has a house in a little town near a ski town. That's why we can do it. Yeah, And the ski vibe, I don't know if you've encountered it, but it's all fried food and alcohol early. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that actually. And I felt myself ballooning like as I was there. But then I just kept doing like... Because I was skiing like six or seven hours a day. Yeah. And um, then my partner's like, oh, you're looking great. I was thinking, surely not. <laughs> and then I got home and tried to pull the jean shorts up and they're not stretchy ones. And I was Aww. just like, oh. It's just like a tidal wave over the top. Very confronting, isn't it? <laughs> so next we're going to talk about nutrition. And you know what, Georgia... Is, she is a professional, but she's also not doing this from a no-clue point of view because how old is your little one? 17 months. Yes. Wow, mummy. That's amazing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So from a mum that knows, okay? I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHMNewcastleHunterMamas.com. NCR blinds are custom blinds, curtains and shutters. In Newcastle, New South Wales, they are one of the most trusted specialists in domestic and commercial curtains, blinds and shutters in Newcastle and the Hunter region. With over a century of combined experience in curtain making, they have become a one-stop shop for blinds, curtains and shutters for Newcastle residents and business owners. They strive for 100% customer satisfaction as they want you as a forever client. NCR blinds After separation, parents need to determine several matters for their children moving forward. Some matters which need to be considered and decided are who will the children live with and what time will they spend with the other parent? How significant decisions related to education and health will be made? What involvement each parent will have in the children's health and education? And how expenses and costs for the children will be shared? Some matters are more complex, involving domestic violence, risk of harm to children, special needs the children may have, potential relocation of children, and parental conflict. Get Emily Osler and Grace Solicitors on your side. GraceSolicitors.com.au Newcastle. NHM, I got it from my mama with Georgia, went nutrition. How to get back. Not how to get back. How to, you know what? I think new, like being healthy for mums, a lot of it has to do with energy and stuff after having kids. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you're of a certain age, I think maybe me in my 40s or something. But yeah, people do get depressed about not fitting into their clothes as mm. well. And did you have that thing with um, pregnancy? How was your pregnancy? Was it a time where I had this time because you can go into this flow state with junk food <laughs> and there was this time where I'm not much of a burger eater normally but I could have been sponsored by Burger Urge. Like it was that intense. The loaded fries. There was a point where me and my partner with the kids when I was pregnant were getting two loaded fries. <laughs> between us and burgers like who orders two loaded rice well when you're pregnant anything goes <laughs> what was your pregnancy journey with nutrition like obviously though it's at the forefront of your mind it was but i definitely learned how hard it is especially that yeah. first trimester when all you can stomach are carbs and salt that was for me um if i didn't eat i was nauseous 
if I ate too much, I was nauseous. Like that first part's a really tough time to get through. And I think the focus should be on just getting through that hard time. Yes. Yes. A lot of fatigue too. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the more nutrient dense foods that you eat during that time, obviously that is going to help. But when you're so sick, and I know some women are really incredibly sick during that time, you you do have to do whatever you can do to get through. So... Yeah, but I mean, my pregnancy journey was harder than I expected. I thought I went into it. I was very fit when I fell pregnant. So I thought, oh, I'll stay fit throughout. Like it'll be pretty easy. Like I'll eat super, super healthy. Like I've got this. I should be able to model like how you teach everyone else. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And it was so far from that. I had to give up training. Um, Nutrition was still pretty good because I can be that. I'm in that routine. I'm already fairly disciplined with myself. So I reminded myself how important it was to continue to eat healthy during pregnancy. Um, I was really excited for some crazy cravings and I didn't get them. And I was actually (laughs) devastated because I thought it would be hilarious me eating some really wild things that I would not normally eat. Yes. So I just thought this is going to be the best excuse to eat. Yeah. Like whatever my body was. And there wasn't much. I didn't really have any cravings. Really? (laughs) That's crazy. Mm. What about noticing changes in your body? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely difficult no matter who you are. Your body's changing. You don't feel yourself. Your clothes aren't fitting. Mm. It's just a normal thing, I think, to go through when it comes to pregnancy. Yeah, you actually just feel like such a whale, don't you? Yeah, you do. I hope that's not on PC to say, but. That's how I felt. Well, it's, it's uncomfortable. Things oh, are stretching. God. They're hurting. I oh, know. Like sleeping. Exactly. Did you have one of those pillows? Mm-hmm. Yes. I used to stuff that thing so up <laughs> far, like that it actually smelt from like my nether regions because it was like I just couldn't get it like between me enough. It was such a comfortable <laughs> thing. And someone, I, one of my friends um was pregnant after me and they're like oh that great pillow you have can I have that pillow I'm like no that needs to go the <laughs> no one is having that pillow oh. but those sort of things right yeah. yeah yeah so it is a challenging time for anyone no matter like how confident you are about yourself it's just one of those things when you're constantly getting bigger and bigger and going up in sizes nothing fits obviously it is going to play on your mind a little bit and I definitely felt that I mean I reminded myself what the end goal was but of course it was it was tough it was weird not being able to feel good in my body feel energetic and move around as easy yeah I wanted to be one of those you see those pregnant ladies on Instagram who like think that they feel beautiful and great and I wanted to be that but yeah I didn't me too I didn't feel it I wanted to be that person you've seen them you can think about them now in that Instagram post where they're they've got some sheath on and it's blowing in the wind and they're just cradling their belly like it's great like Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that but really I was just carrying lots of fluid and just going oh god Mm -hmm. like yeah. Yeah, I, I relate to you there. I, I thought it would be a very, yeah, I'd be that like Instagram kind of model type pregnancy, a real fit mama in the gym with my big belly. But yeah, no, it just, it, it will do what, like, whatever happens, happens in pregnancy. It'll kind of yeah. just do what it wants to do. Yeah. So have you got tips for having been there yourself? Like, what are your tips for pregnancy, nutrition wise, and, yeah, now being a mum and also with your background as a nutritionist. I think even before falling pregnant, if you can get into those healthy habits and be already pretty educated when it comes to food and nutrition, you're like setting... your baseline is good. So yes. you're not beating yourself up all the time. Yes, yeah. because obviously when the cravings and things come into play, when the nausea comes into play, if you know what you should be eating, you can override some of those feelings every now and then. So quite often I get up and know that I should be having some eggs and some avocado on toast and I should be hitting my protein goals. So you do kind of have to remind yourself of what you should be eating, especially when you're just feeling like fried hot chips all the time because at the end of the day, you're growing a baby. And that's not to put any shame on eating all those different foods during pregnancy at all. It's just a reminder we're growing a baby. So our body really does need more nutrients than ever during that time. Yeah. So I think before pregnancy, definitely having that baseline, like you said. And then once you are pregnant, I guess, just trying to remind yourself like of the things you should be eating, try and find what you enjoy. I feel like each trimester I had different meals that I truly 
like sat on and could eat every day. One of them, which yeah. was so weird because I thought I would have gone off fish, was crispy skinned salmon just cooked in the air fryer with homemade crispy chips in the air fryer and yeah. broccoli and lots and lots and lots of pink salt. That's really interesting because I had Tom Yum soup and mm. I can actually remember just going, it's probably the salt in it, but mm. I would just go off my nana for it, like to yeah. the point where I'd make it. And then you get up during the night just like shoveling in extra <laughs> like of this cold Tom Yum soup. Oh, that's because funny. I was, I was just hellishly hungry mm. when I was pregnant. Like oh, I've yeah. never experienced – I can be one of those people that sort of doesn't get hangry. Like my partner, I'll ask him, are you going to like – get angry like if we don't have a dinner in the next hour or how are you feeling because he does actually get irritable <laughs> but I don't really have that mm. do you get the hangry um um hubby would say yes it might depend if you're doing heaps of physical training you can mm. take yourself there especially heaps of cardio I think it's more if I miss a meal time I sort of my brain's like hey I don't want to miss lunch. Like, what? why have we skipped lunch? What's going on? It's not so much I get hangry. It's more that I just feel that FOMO of missing out on a yummy meal that I could have eaten. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back just one step to the baseline. Mm-hmm. So you do um, a lot of coaching with clients one-on-one and that you would have experienced like what they've experienced and then you've given them advice on it. What are some of the key things you find with the baseline that you talk about are really important and have shown time after time to be successful for clients. Yeah, sure. So in general, healthy eating comes down to eating enough protein that comes from lean protein and especially starting off your day with a source of protein. A lot of people get up, they have cereal or toast and it's just not balanced. It's not going to keep you full. It's not going to stabilize your blood sugar levels. You're going to crash probably by 9 or 10 a.m. It's just a little bit of a filler, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can balance that out, simply say with a protein powder and still have that quick, easy breakfast, then that's fine. But at least you're nailing that protein and making it a little more balanced. Because uh, to be honest, we have to look at convenience when it comes yeah, to that's eating because we're so that's why busy. people. It wasn't enough for people to have cereal. They had to put the cereal in a prima and make it an up and go because they've <laughs> decided that they can't sit down for two seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. My daughter has bacon in a tub. What do you mean? She loves bacon. So but she doesn't sit down so i'm making the bacon and then as we're on the way to the bus she's eating this bacon out of a a takeaway container <laughs> because i don't want to take a bowl and think so it's interesting yeah. like but it's that same on the go thing right? yeah yeah what do you say about those good and bad fats and all that sort of stuff yeah i mean there definitely are good and bad fats so there's healthy fats that we really want to um, make sure we're eating every single day. They're important for hormone health, brain function. There's so many um, benefits to healthy fats. And a lot of women still have that kind of lower fat mentality. Or yeah. They think and they know that. And fats, the calories and all that. They are higher in calories, yes. Yeah. But they keep you so full and they yeah. are so amazing for you. They have so many vitamins and minerals in them. Your um, skin and your hair. Oh, yeah. You'll notice yeah. a difference. Definitely if you can eat fish, if you can stomach it and you like fish, eating fish, two or three times a week, um, having your avocado, your nuts, your seeds, peanut butter, like people love peanut butter. Literally just. <laughs> Kids love peanut butter. Exactly. I think we've, been, we've, we've shied away from it a little bit because the schools, they go mm. a bit crazy over the peanuts. I know. And I guess yeah. that's, that's so tough from a nutritionist perspective when they ban something that's so nutritious and yeah. so convenient, like a peanut butter sandwich is pretty darn good for something that takes no time to make if you have a fussy eater. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's true. And I do know if you're Newcastle-based, I know a lot of our people have, you know, you're all over the world. But if you can find an organic, like I know my friend Kylie from Mama P, if you're from Newcastle, she makes organic peanut butter. You Mm. might be able to find the – that. You know, that original source as well. Really, And it's actually really quick and easy to make if you have – a lot of people have thermomixes these days and food processes. Oh, true. So it's pretty simple to make. Um, I find the Mavis brand one actually really nice. It's a dark roasted. It's still got no added sugar or um, any added oils because they usually add vegetable oils to them and you don't really want those added in. Okay, Um, yeah. But that's probably the yummiest one with the least amount of ingredients. It's straight up peanuts with a tiny crack of salt. Okay, so protein in the morning and then how do we go about our day? 
and you want to be having a snack you want to be eating every few hours I think people are still at that mentality of eating less skipping meals the longer I go without food the better but it's not the case we want to be eating every few hours we want to keep those blood sugar levels stable we want to prevent those cravings and those crashes and the binges so yeah having like a new a nutrient rich morning tea like a high protein yogurt with some nuts or fruit some fruit and nuts um, and then going into lunch again, that protein, like all my clients and anyone who follows me on social media will know I bang on about protein so much because most people just don't get it right. She's a steak girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I am. <laughs> my partner's a big fan of meat and putting meat on the coals and stuff like that. And I wasn't much of a meat eater when I met him, but now I have to be sort of. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it does make you feel better. It does, yeah. It depends on your blood type, does it? Because my uh, mother-in-law is a nutritionist and she says that the O types need more meat. What do you think about all that eating for your blood type? I've done a little bit of research into it, but I haven't done a huge amount because I feel like whenever a lot of people aren't open to sort of cutting anything out or restricting, and I think that's the biggest success for people, Uh is when when I really learn how – each individual client likes to eat and their current eating patterns and we just tweak those because generally that works a lot better for people i mean if they have um any kind of medical issues and things like that then obviously you can go down all those different routes that's why dieting is that why dieting just doesn't work because you're telling someone just have guava juice every day mm-hmm. and they might not even like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And That's I won't write, extreme, I won't write a, a joke, meal plan but... when I don't know enough about someone either. Some people say, you just tell me what to eat and it doesn't work like that. I can't oh. tell you exactly what to eat because chances are you won't like it. It won't fit your lifestyle and yeah. it won't last. Yeah. What about everyone says about these big dinners and they're the worst thing in the world, is that? No, it's definitely not the worst thing. I mean, it makes sense for us to be eating bulk of our calories throughout the day. We're active throughout the day. Yeah, that's true. So realistically, we want to be eating most of our calories throughout the day and have like a lighter dinner at night. Um, That's not to say that you need to go no carb, low carb, not eat enough to sort of fill you up. But going all day, not eating enough and then having a huge dinner and then potentially binging dessert is definitely not the way we want to. It's not efficient for your body. No, not at all. Yeah, okay. Other things about baseline, anything that you know? Just so observe within yourself things that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and then go for that and then skew towards protein in the morning. And I think putting in more fruits and veggies. Like if you – can you cut out – um, more packaged foods and incorporate le- like less processed foods and so more whole foods because I feel like most people don't even eat enough vegetables and I mean you can't expect to have a healthy body without nailing sort of the basics like eating your fruits and veggies and going back to those whole foods as well. Yeah I think the snacks are really good for that mm. especially like I just love um, celery or snow peas with dip and stuff like that throughout the day. Mm. Yeah, we've got a veggie garden now, which I never had. And I, I'm synonymous with like not being able to keep a plant alive. But it is amazing being able to, even if it's just something small where you go to Bunnings or something, buy some rocket already in a pot because mm. I've learnt from people um, that gardening people, that if you buy it and the seed is already started to go, you've got heaps more chance of keeping that thing alive rather than just planting from seed and just Mm. wondering where it is. So I've had a lot of success with that and lettuce and things like that. And those sort of things like you can, lettuce, parsley, all that sort of stuff grows reasonably easy and you can go outside, just cut it off every day and just add it to your meal. That would be amazing. I'm in an apartment and I... that's one thing I would love to do more is grow more of my own veggies or leaves. I think that's great. And it's great for with how expensive groceries have got. I know it's crazy. So if you can grow anything at home or just cut some of your bills back by doing that, that would be amazing as well. Yeah. And we've worked before with um, the Your Food Collective guys who um, deliver to your door. It's organic and stuff like that. I know some people get the veggie boxes, which I've had before. So, a friend of mine does veggie boxes. Uh, he's a yoga teacher. And I was like, oh, I'll get the veggie box. And then they just sort of die a crazy death in the fridge. And you just go, oh, my God, it makes you feel so guilty because you're like, I, I don't know how to use a parsnip this week. I've just got so many deadlines and this is actually killing me. So, yeah, the cool thing about um, Lauren's crew at Your Food Collective is you can order what you want. But that still takes time to tap 
and stuff like that. But being able to get those veggies from somewhere of someone, just find out who's growing mm. and then maybe sort of jump on board somehow mm. is really cool. Mm, definitely. A lot of my friends have chickens. We've got chickens. We've got a farm, but they've got the, the chickens. You know, the kids love chickens. It's hilarious. Like they really get into it. So then you've got eggs as well, which mm-hmm. is good. Eggs are great for you. I think a lot of people are fearful of eggs. They stop eating eggs in pregnancy um, when really you just Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> Every time I went to put something in my mouth in pregnancy, people were like, oh, no, don't eat that. Oh, I copped a bit of hate from sharing some of my stories of what I was eating during pregnancy on Instagram. And Oh, really? Yeah, because people trolls. just swear like it's that it's like a hard and fast rule, some of those foods. And- Do you know what I find really weird during pregnancy? And I'm sure so many people will be able to attest to this it's like everyone else owns your baby (laughs) all of a sudden you get pregnant everyone's got something about your baby it's like well you don't say anything about you know all the rest of my myself or my partner or you know what it's like it's public property all of a sudden Mm. so that is a strange thing and you know people can be really comment on your life like a Mm. lot more than you would be used to and Mm -hmm. it's really weird isn't it Mm. I think in general even my biggest challenge is when people tell me what's right about nutrition when they don't have any education and whilst I love healthy conversation I love hearing what works for people and I I'm very like there's no judgment it's just when people sort of almost come at me and tell me this is what I read you're wrong type thing and it's like pardon what do you mean and I think that's the problem is we're not open enough to listen to all the new updating information and yeah a lot of people are still stuck with those really old kind of messages yeah well when you're young as well like we had stuff drilled into us you know there's probably heaps of people out there who still eat margarine and see butter as the evil Mm -hmm. you know the evil fatty thing Mm -hmm. so um yeah I was a bit like I would be classed as bad during my pregnancy because I ate everything, even soft cheeses. I Mm. didn't care. So, but (laughs) my kids are great. And you know what? My kids eat lots of things. So I wonder if that has something to do with me eating lots of things. Well, they get a taste of it through the amniotic fluid, which is interesting. And one thing I learned at uni is that obviously this doesn't apply to anyone with food allergies themselves. Like we don't want you eating things you're intolerant to. Um, But eating those really high allergen foods during pregnancy and breastfeeding is almost giving bub a sample of them. So the nuts, the eggs, like I said, just cook through. Um, And yeah, those high allergen foods, if you're exposing your baby to them from the get-go, they're they're less likely to be allergic. That's not in all cases, um, but it definitely can help. And I exposed Nora to all of those things. I was big on eating yogurts, um, lots and lots of peanut butter. I really enjoyed it. I ate eggs a lot and she's, she's able to tolerate those main allergen foods, fish. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And now the birth. And what's after? (laughs) Gosh, I think when we first met, we had a bit of a chat about, or I can't remember if it was with you, but I didn't, no one talks enough like about anything after Mm. postnatal, I don't feel. And I went for a run. I don't know how, it was quite a long time after and I actually felt like my vagina was, I just started a few steps of running. I felt like my vagina was about to fall onto the ground. So I stopped really quickly. That is just terrifying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like the weighing yourself mm-hmm. and just having no, especially if you come from a place like I had, I was actually, you know, a pro athlete as a child, a triathlete. And oh, wow. Yeah. And all of those years with the VIS and all that sort of stuff, Victorian Institute of Sport. Um, and then to keep training and then I actually trained through my pregnancy um, with some, but afterwards my core was absolutely shot. Mm. And it's it's very – you feel like you lose your power as a woman sort of. It's mm-hmm. really icky. Mm, I yeah. agree. I feel like postpartum I never felt further away from myself. Yeah, Like same. I knew that I was – 
it felt natural being a mum and yeah. all of that part was amazing. Yeah. But, of course, I just had never felt so far out of my body to for no. it to be so different. You no longer have the baby in your belly. Yeah. Then none of your clothes fit and then you try to go back to training and your body's sort of going, no, 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 no. Like you can't do any of this at the moment. Yeah, I couldn't believe uh, as well. I This is just a random story but you don't get told. But I went in to get a coffee a few days out of, <laughs> after I came from hospital and the guy in my local coffee shop said, oh, you still haven't had the baby yet because you <gasps> keep <laughs> – because you keep your tummy for quite oh, a while, no. don't you? I and I remember think... just running out of the shop crying. Oh, going, oh my God. Poor thing. It's the last thing you need when you've got the, the mixed emotions, the and hormones. The hormones. <laughs> Some people with the ba- post-baby blues, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just not – you just don't say that. But you don't know. You just think that it would go away, mm-hmm. but it takes – yeah. Mm. yeah. And everyone's that... different too and I think – we spend so much time comparing to everyone else and having these expectations on ourselves but it ruins our motherhood journey it ruins yes it does and a lot of there's a lot of bullshit Mm. so i'm gonna swear because i think it's appropriate but yeah a lot of people do share cool stuff and they're real but a lot of it's like the cries now on social media it's almost like i feel like it's ironic because everyone's crying because it's fashionable to cry on social media and they're trying to be authentic. And it's like, no, it's not because you're all crying. Like, and some of it's about, you know, it's just, as I don't actually, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It could be a bit of a, I might get in trouble for that. But I, yeah, I just, everyone, like a lot of people just show the bounce back to Mm -hmm. be, yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't see much of the other, do you? No, and so many people said to me, oh, you were so fit pre-pregnancy, you'll bounce back so easy. So it was, this was, other mums were saying that to me and I thought, oh, okay, well, that's good to know. Like I'm really excited to get back into it. And when it wasn't coming, when the scales weren't shifting, when training wasn't really getting any better, when I was just going around in circles basically staying Plus the same. exhausted. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, at eight months postpartum, I'm kind of going, hey, we're like – where are these abs everyone promised me? Like, what what, what the heck? Yeah. And I was really confused. Like, if I'm someone who works in this industry. Yes. And then I felt like a failure. Like, yes. how can I be a good nutritionist if I don't even know how to get my body back into shape? That's crazy. That yeah. just shows you how ill-equipped people are mm-hmm. and that that it's people aren't real about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And a lot of people don't realize because everyone was saying to me, you're breastfeeding or you'll shed all the weight breastfeeding. I gained weight breastfeeding and a lot of women do. I've had <laughs> yeah, clients right. that okay. do. And because your hormones are sort of staying at yep. a certain level to breastfeed, like, yep. I mean, your body can also conserve your energy. And yes, okay. for a lot of people, they don't lose body fat during that time. So yeah. that's another mixed message so that yep. when you're not losing fat breastfeeding, which is not the reason we do it at all no, but obviously it's in the back of your mind every mother says it mm. and like everyone tells you don't worry you'll just whip it off breastfeeding yeah they mm. do you mm-hmm. get the device from literally everyone mm-hmm. yeah and when that didn't happen as well i thought what's what's wrong with me what am i doing and then you shouldn't be thinking about those things because no. then i'm starting to try and think about what i should be doing with my food and just wasting excess energy that should just be spent on motherhood and those other sort of more basic things, more important things. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we do spend maybe too much time stressing about it, but I mm. feel like that's because people aren't honest about it and exactly. then you get yourself into a lather. Mm. So what? How, how do you think is the best way to approach? Well, I know you, I think you mentioned to me women should see a physiotherapist before undertaking certain exercises when they come back postpartum and i have heard that from Mm. people in the biz in the know like you uh yeah but i think it should be more common knowledge maybe because you can do more damage can't you yeah i mean you get signed off by your gp and i don't know if it's the same for everyone but for me personally it was just kind of like a tick the box you're right to go back to training god i didn't even have that i just went off on my merry way Mm, yeah well they say six weeks is that safe time frame but i mean six weeks mm, are you serious mm. Let's be honest, how long? Like it takes your vagina alone like Mm -hmm. so long (laughs) to just cope. Like I had those ice packs down there for quite a while just Mm -hmm. going, what in God's name? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, six weeks. So, I mean, if you're just getting that information, then you go off on your own. If 
if you're someone with a background in training, you are half expecting to show up at the gym and almost be similar to where you were. It's just a mindset that you're in. Yes. And yeah. I feel like pretty much all women should should have to be ticked off by a women's physio. I feel like that's just a good way to go, okay, everything looks okay down there. It's healing really well. Or you need to be doing more of this. I think it's just a, it sets you up for your next pregnancy as well. Um, If there will be a next one for you or whatever that it may be for training, for even just being able to not wet yourself when you sneeze. Like apparently those things, they're not normal. Yet every mum I've spoken to and um, other older mums sort of say, yeah, that you'll have that forever. Yeah, they do. But apparently that's so far from normal, so I don't think we're prioritising that for ourselves. Well, you don't prioritise anything really after you have a child. You don't. Apart from being a Mm mum and showing up to work and just ticking those baseline boxes. I feel Mm -hmm. like that is what happens after motherhood. Mm, Definitely. So what is a healthy way to get back, do you think? First of all, contact. What do you know in yourself what bad things can happen if you with well with ab separation and all that sort of stuff if you just ignore your body and just go for health or mm. leather and you're yeah it doesn't it doesn't go back on its own you actually oh. have to do specific things for most people yeah. and often that leads to more of that kind of that's like fat staying in in that section of your body Are you so serious? yeah yeah a, a lot of um really good kind of postpartum um exercise physiologists share that on instagram i've come across it a few times because i personally didn't know that before so when women are really stressing about having the mum tum which i hate that term of but it's just easy to explain what i'm talking about it's often because they haven't sort of done the right things postpartum to actually mend their core strengthen their core it's not about doing abs to get abs abs doing ab exercises don't get you abs it's about trying to strengthen everything so it can actually back together yeah, yeah yeah And it's about helping your body recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pilates was really good mm. in my journey for uh, helping my pelvic floor because I actually owned a yoga studio at the time, a family yoga studio. And I just was in a state because I was teaching and then I would go to demonstrate. And so many times I just felt myself like dumping into my lower back and really hurting. Mm. And I think you can really, yeah, we, you know, we, use it's just you're picking up the kids all the time mm. you know what I mean and you get tired and you sort of slouch and mm. it's a time I think that is a time when you know back injuries can really start mm-hmm. and take hold yeah I've heard of a yeah. few people doing some damaging back injuries from pulling yeah. the pram out and yes I mean yeah because you I, and then picking keeping picking your children up mm. like as they're five and six and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. like that's so much mm. Definitely. Especially if you're not versed in, you know, brace the abs, mm. bend the knees, you know, like guys are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Men get taught it when they carry lots of boxes around a warehouse, but mm-hmm. no one really teaches no. mums, do they? No, they don't. And I mean, if you, if you pull your back out, that's terrible for when you've got kids because they need you and you don't want to you don't want to go through that of feeling guilty because you can't pick them up because you're in so much pain like it's just something that we want to avoid but we don't think about until it happens yeah and I know a lot about my body and I actually after I because I had my kids very quickly one and two I and even to this day and my youngest is about to turn six sometimes I find it hard to even find my core to engage. Like I have Mm. to like really concentrate and then I can only hold it for a certain amount of time, Mm. like before it switches off. So nothing like the old days. Mm. I know. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever feel somewhat like. (laughs) (laughs) Let's meet back at this same point in 10 years' time and see how we go. (laughs) But, yeah, I guess like a women's physio and just taking it easy. What are some exercises that are really – sort of good and you think safe earlier on you know mental health stuff as well like just even moving and not putting a huge mm. to-do list like catching up with mums and going for a walk or i think walking like is yeah. so underrated i think yeah it's amazing to get you and bub out bub can sleep it gets you out of the house vitamin like I, d i used to walk three times a day with nora and wow. it was never ever for exercise it was purely yeah. to get out of the house it was Mental just to health. move my body yeah. it was yeah and she slept in the pram yeah so i'd get a coffee and i'd have some time where i wasn't carrying her around i was yeah. actually just pushing the pram which was nice or i'd throw in the carrier 
And I guess just doing those little things, if you if you can mix up your environment, so drive to the beach or the harbour and walk around there sometimes. And I don't I don't think race back to a gym. And if you are going to go back to a gym, I think definitely find one with people that have the qualifications to train someone postpartum so they can help you and give you exercise swaps. And I feel like gyms with mums and bubs classes are also an incredible place to start back your journey. I didn't have that when I went back, but I know that that would have been a far better, more supportive place when it came yes. to the gym. Yeah. And that is maybe something you should look into because the other thing could be the more you defer your membership, your gym starts asking when you are rah-rah and then you could go, oh God, and you mm. feel guilty and you just go back. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. think even just cancelling it when you yeah. have give birth. Like, I think <laughs> There's mums out there going, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnant think, women listening to this going, oh my God. I think cancel it so there's no A pressure. lot of motherhood is just really just letting go, mm-hmm. just going, look, I am going to be born as a new person and it's not necessarily going to be exactly the same as I was before. The moment I became happy within my body, like my physical body, was when I stopped comparing myself to pre-pregnancy and started comparing myself to the day after I gave birth. And I don't mean comparing myself as such, but I look back really proud, like, look how far I've come. Look how much my body's changed. Look how much my belly's changed from, like, the day after giving birth. And I look back to then and not pre-pregnancy because... The truth is my body will probably never be the same and we should be celebrating that. Yes, because you're doing an amazing mm. thing having a child. And everything it's gone through and Yeah. Yeah, I mean you can still be your best self now. You can be the strongest mummy you've ever been and the fittest mama. Yes. And I'm all for that. And I'm not I'm not saying you won't have as fit a body as you had pre pregnancy. Yeah, and you know what? There's other things, like good things that come out of motherhood too. Like you get a lot more mentally resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you complain a lot less. You become this cool, like a cooler version of your old self in that you see things from the big picture. You mm-hmm. don't get so involved in dramas mm. or that sort of stuff. You really, you really, and you become a like a more empathetic friend mm-hmm. and partner, I yeah, think, as well. I so, that's very true. There's so many great things about being a mum. So you nice. become. Uh, more gentle overall I think Mm. because you have to be gentle with a child and you notice that that's the way you find headway so I think if you can use some of those skills as a mum like on yourself Mm. that might be better just yeah definitely being a bit more gentle and stuff like that I agree I mean the things we say to ourselves we never say to someone else especially like if you wouldn't say it to your best friend's face about them you should not be saying it to yourself those awful things we say to ourselves about how we look and the clothes don't fit. I mean, I put a message up on my Instagram, which actually made quite a bit of like movement Yeah. because I said, go, like, if your old swimmers don't fit you, go buy some new ones for this summer and yeah. buy some new clothes. Stop trying to squeeze into old things or try and like, if your swimmers yeah. from pre-pregnancy don't yeah. sit right now, buy new ones. I know that's expensive and we don't yeah. have all that spare cash. Yeah. But the, the but it's more of the message. The message. It's like don't stop enjoying your life. No. Realize that you're healthy and your body's doing what it should mm-hmm. and so like, just adapt to that yeah. for now. Do you yeah. really want to miss out on the beach and all these really special experiences with your kids purely because you feel unconfident in your swimmer in yourself and your swimmers yeah i think it's so important to yeah live your life and not miss any experiences because one day you look back and go why was i so hard on myself and do you know i'll tell you a perfect example of that right so if you look at a photo of yourself from 10 years ago don't you go what a hot piece like Mm -hmm. you go are you serious like how did i have hang-ups i was perfect what the hell like Mm -hmm. Or you as a teenager or something, you go, oh, my God, what the hell, Mm -hmm. you know? I still find that why we, like, we all as women do that, even a couple of weeks later, you see a photo in the moment, you pick it to pieces, you hate it, you just see your flaws. But if you look back in a week or so with a different mindset, quite often you'll go, hang on a second, why was I so hard on myself about that photo? Yeah. So. I know, it's crazy, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, And yet I can think of a time where I did it just a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, my arms look massive there. I'm just going to crop that edge off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're saying these things, but don't worry. Like, mm. we're the same. Mm. So, yeah. So, just take it easy getting back. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I think trying to implement healthy food. I mean, people don't realize, but that postpartum time is when we are so depleted. 
everything yeah. is depleted and we're depleting ourselves more by breastfeeding. So that is the time where I say fuel your bodies the very best you ever can. So, yeah, don't starve yourself on coffee. Oh, and, God, no. Yeah. Just... Actually, we were talking about that. <laughs> we talked about coffee. Tell me your thoughts because basically a lot of women, and this is no judgment because I'm one of you, we often exist on wine and coffee. Mm-hmm. We wait for to have a wine and it's not like an alcoholic thing. You have like your two glasses of wine in the afternoon and your night and then your coffee in the morning. You look at these two things as like your holy grail of your days. <laughs> but, yeah, what can you tell us about that? So about coffee first, I mean, look, I I drink coffee myself. I'm not yeah. against it. It gets us through and that's fine. It's more about when you have it and how many you're having a day. Yeah. So coffee is not food. It doesn't replace a food. It really will cause you more um, bad than good by replacing food with coffee. And you don't want to be having it on an empty stomach in the morning for most women. It's not hormonally very good for you and it's not great for your gut health. Oh, that's interesting mm. because everyone is keen on their gut health at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mine's doing really well since moving to the farm, but I think a lot of it has to do with the mental side maybe mm-hmm. yes. of being calm. Stress Is, is the, that possible? Stress is the biggest factor when it comes to gut health. Are you yes. serious? Yep. You wouldn't think that. You'd mm-hmm. think it would all be to do with diet. Mm-hmm. No. Stress can be the the main factor for a lot of people, serious IBS and um, gut health issues. Because I know a lot of women who they just have diarrhea all the time, mm-hmm. to be honest, like that they talk, like mm. we talk about it as friends, you know. And they put up with it. And I think the biggest thing that we need to remember is just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. And just yeah. because you think it's normal doesn't mean you should put up with it. We forget how good we're meant to feel. Yeah. And we should be chasing that. We should be looking for answers and figuring out the why behind why these things are happening so that we can kind of fix it basically. So what would be your – like this is something I do. A friend of mine uh, who I work with called Mitch Revs, he's really cool. He's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. So Mitch is sober because he decided for that. But once on his podcast that I produce, he talked about being sober mm-hmm. and he uses an app called I Am Sober. Now, he does it and then I thought, wow, I'm going to get that app. And it's actually like from the outset, it seems silly because I'm not an alcoholic. However, I like to use it from time to time. So mm-hmm. I use the app to go like to like get on the wagon for however long that I'm getting on it and mm-hmm. it helps me be on the wagon for a few months or whatever and not have anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something that might help people. And, yeah. yeah, at the start I thought this is a bit silly because I'm not an alcoholic. But I do think just getting mindful and strong about it every day, like it is hard to be – to go, no, I'm just having no wine or yeah. no, I'm having no coffee. And it's it's really good to flex that mental muscle it is, it and is. show you can. And be proud of yourself as well, like setting yourself little mini goals that you know you can achieve. And I think I, even just sort of challenging yourself to not get into the habit of having it every day or if the habit yeah. – the habits easily creep in. They really, really do, especially do. over the social season. So, And then you don't enjoy it as much mm-hmm. too. So if it's a sometimes thing or – like even every night off or on, like that you you get more mindful around mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I say to clients if they drink quite a lot or every single night, I say to them, first goal would be cutting back to say one weeknight and then weekends or going yeah. straight to just weekends yeah. and then see how you go. And then if they want to come cut back more, then obviously we could go fortnightly and then once a month or only on special occasions. It really just depends on the person and their goals. Yeah. Another thing too, I just feel like you – you need it to be sustainable. I mean, there's no benefit to alcohol other than the social aspect and the enjoyment. Like it has no nutrients. It's not good for us. It acts like a toxin in the body. Like it's not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's a drug. So if people yeah. want to go without it and can go without it, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. But if you can just reduce it, then even that's going to be beneficial. Is it, to do you think it aids people's mental health? Oh, well, that's a tough question. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the fence about that because in some ways it can because you can feel really relaxed Relax, and yeah. enjoy yourself and just go out for a couple of drinks and cocktails yeah. with your friends. But then if you're hungover and it's impacting your day the next day. That's, I think if people yeah. need it to have fun, 
that's where I see the issue. Like some people feel like they're not socializing and participating in social events if they're not having a drink with everyone else. That's where I think it can be harmful because it's not impacting how social you are or it shouldn't if it is. Well, something that really helped me with it, and this might sound really silly, but when you're a non-drinker at an event, people – Sometimes they're like, oh, why aren't you drinking? So, and I have that with my friends sometimes. So I bought like non-alcoholic beers and champagne. And when you have that, it's like you're – it does taste like champagne and beer. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And half the time people don't notice at parties and stuff. Like you're still having – yeah. So you feel like one of the crew and it does taste similar. Yeah. So it seems silly. But it's, I think it's good as well. It's a good thing. It's a good aid like the I Am Sober app. Yeah, I think it's great. I yeah. haven't actually looked into it, but I'm really <laughs> I'm really keen to look into it. I think it's great. Zero percent. You can get them at Woolies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I thought you meant the app. Oh, the <laughs> app. Totally. You would think this is an ad for I Am Sober. I, I do know the zero um, percent alcohols. I think they're a great idea for people yeah. who, like you said, when you just want to feel a part of it, or even if you just like the idea of pouring like a glass of wine yeah. as opposed to a soft drink. Because your brain is like... We're doing it. Mm. We're having like, so a part of it is less mm. hard. Mm-hmm. You're having a wine with dinner. It's just <laughs> my friend used to go, oh, no, she's got the apple teas out again. <laughs> the apple teas. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> but it is good, I do mm. think. And. You know, anything we can do to gain back a bit of energy too because Mm -hmm. it does help with that. It does. Yeah. And I think with being a mum as well, I think having those little moments to look forward to. I mean, some of us, we don't get out all that much during like especially the early days. And I think maybe sitting down with your partner or on your own, whatever you enjoy and watching a movie and having a glass of wine, like that's that's not an issue. It's only an issue when it becomes an issue by being something you can't live without or, yeah. effe- or affecting how you are, like you said, the next day and things yes. like that. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, thank you. Have you got any other advice for mums around those earlier stages? And I think this probably is going to sound a little tough, but I think we make time what we – we make time for what we prioritize. So I think a lot of mums are really stuck in that sort of convenience, not looking after themselves. And I don't know how we can look after our kids and our family and do all the things that we're meant to do as mums without looking after ourselves. And I really mean that. I have one thing to say on that, Mm -hmm. that you do cop flack for taking that time Mm -hmm. to exercise. And so that is something you're going to have to shoulder. Yes. Because they say, oh, a lot of partners will say, oh, I'm looking after the kids while you're off to yoga. Oh, you know, how's mm-hmm. that fair? And I've been working on it. So that you'll be getting stuff like that. And you might find some from some other friends too that they might say, gosh, uh, you take a long time to go for your runs and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you get everything done with those mm-hmm. big, long or whatever? Because I cop flack for it. Mm. But I know as well it's for my mental health and if mm-hmm. I didn't do it, that's the main reason exactly. I do um, physical exactly. activity. So that's something you just have to, now that we've said it, we'll put it out there in the open, just say, oh, yeah, that's that thing and no, that's what Georgia mm-hmm. said, I am going to be that better mother. I'm going to be that better partner. I can you? show up, you know. Yeah, well, what do you want to model to your kids though? What do you, do exactly. you Don't you want to really be a healthy good. influence to them by eating your fruits and veggies, eating balanced meals, eating with the family, not standing there while your family's eating but you're too busy to eat or yeah. I feel like that's what's setting your kids up to have those unhealthy habits straight away. So A I lot think- of mums and I will have fallen into the category as well because I've had time as a single parent just being on my feet the whole time and mm-hmm. never sitting down with them or you sort of act like the waiter and you will know this mm-hmm. like you stand in that kitchen like just ready to refill the apple juice or blah 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 mm-hmm. and like with a wine in one hand eating a leftover chicken nugget off the floor like you will put yourself <laughs> right down at the end of the road you don't even take the time to sit no. down and talk about your day or anything and yeah. i think yeah it just comes back to your kids should be seeing that 
they should be seeing you eating with them and eating what even eating what they're eating i mean not yeah. if they're just fussy eaters you eat chicken <laughs> yeah. nuggets but you know what i mean like eating together eating your your balanced plate as well and not always see mum dieting or mum not yeah, eating or true. like i yeah we just yeah. don't realize that they are watching everything we yes. do and even monkey see monkey exactly, do exactly and even exercising is teaching them that to be a healthy person we need to have time to exit like we need to yeah. move our bodies in some way yes 100 percent. yeah they definitely i remember seeing a guy called brian kest and he's a really cool yoga guy and he was here um locally touring and he said it really stuck with me he said that that your kids don't um listen to what they tell you what you tell them they actually become you Mm -hmm. and you see it when you get older you're becoming your parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) so everything that you don't want to be that your parents are you have to be so mindful over because you just are them exactly exactly and i think now we're so much more aware of this especially with the nutrition side and what our kids pick up on with nutrition habits i think that's why we need to be more diligent and why we do Mm. need to be thinking about that even what we're saying about our bodies we can't be saying those things out loud especially in front of our kids because sadly they are (laughs) my head is going (laughs) i mean it's easy to say like what we should and shouldn't but i think it's just even if we're mindful of it like none of us perfect yes it's just things we just have to work on and be like oh hang on a second did i just say that i should probably yeah and you could even like i sometimes i'll pull myself up and i'll say go back to the kids and say oh look i shouldn't have said that Mm. like about that like i should have thought more about that Mm. and you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) coming up next we're going to talk about behaviors and your kids and how you can help your kids with their behavior so you have more mental health and um yeah i've got a good story around that uh Coming up next with Georgia. I got it from my mama on Apple, Spotify and NHM Newcastle Huntermamas.com. NHM, I got it from my mama with Georgia when, and we're talking about the me strategies, which is a, um, a device that people can use to help with their kids' behaviours. And I'm using it at the moment. It was developed by Georgia's mum. And guess what? My children have me using it now. <laughs> I was wondering when someone was going to say this to me. (laughs) So once a week, um, so we have behaviours that we have to follow or we're all encouraged to follow as a family and my partner has one as well. They created one for him and it's really interesting what your kids pull out of behaviours like that you need to work on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... Uh, and then they get a score at the end of the week. And just yesterday, my kids got their score and it was a great score for basically what we're trying to do at the moment, focusing on, because they're five and seven, is just that morning routine of getting um, ready for school without me. And I know so many mums are the same, like pushing every single step mm-hmm. of the way. Mm-hmm. like, And it's like almost a screaming match, but they – yeah, that's what we're focusing on at the moment. But they, we actually do our behaviours every week as well, So, or they do them, and um, we pick new ones to focus on as well as the general stuff. And so they have created a chart for my partner, Daniel, and I as well, and we're part of the program. <laughs> and great. some of the stuff, the main thing that they have number one for me is that uh, I need to take responsibility for my actions. Oh. Good behaviour. <laughs> so, yeah. And the second one in, is make my bed because I always <laughs> tell them, make your bed, make your bed. And you don't. No, and ah. we don't make our bed. Your kids are clever. That's, where, that's what I said before about them copying what you do. Like yeah. you might tell them to do it, but if you're not doing it. It's fascinating. <laughs> and my partner, we live in an eco house, so we have um, rainwater and solar and we're off the grid. And... Um, uh, my uh, my oldest put down for my partner turn off the lights after you leave a room like <laughs> he's the one who was always saying hey girls you know it's a night time so we can't have the lights on all the time and everywhere and what are you doing and then that's something she's noticed that he doesn't do oh, yeah wow. so oh god it's been so good for our family and I I actually it's a really um the more our journey goes along with it uh it's a really fun tool as Mm -hmm. well because focusing on those different behaviors and stuff from week to week um the points definitely 
yeah, make it easier. Look, it's not the magic bullet, but I think if you were listening to earlier on in the podcast, when you create mindfulness around something, Mm -hmm. that is the first step to change. Mm. Because if it's an atomic habit and you you just keep going around and around like the same, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've loved it so much. Oh, that's so good to hear. I I love that. You were saying you're waiting for someone to yeah, start Yeah, because I mean, I was talking recently and couples could even use it. I mean, it's a good way when you yes. fight over who takes the garbage out. Oh, did you do true. that? Who did this? No, I did it last time. That's I mean, it would stop a lot of arguments in couples and things as well. So, yeah. I mean, it has various uses, which were more than it was designed for. But, hey, it's so much fun. That's a good idea. So, to even so our kids created ours but if you were going to do the me strategies with your partner you could create goals for them definitely (laughs) and just have a clear kind of line on who does what job and i'm trying to find mine because i took a photo of it like what goals they need to i need to work on but i thought that's (laughs) just hilarious but yeah sorry what were you saying no, that was it. Just yeah. that I think it would be good for couples and I love that the kids can then use it too because I feel like when we're using it with them, like it's got to be, I think it's it's only fair if they throw us back one to some and things that we should work on as well. I think as well putting any, gosh, you know, as a mother, can't you just feel like a parrot sometimes? Put your shoes on, put your shoes on, get your dress on. <laughs> have you got your lunch ready? What are you having for breakfast? It's like <laughs> a broken record every morning. Mm-hmm. And anything that you can do to make it less banal and like mm. make yourself less of a parrot is just like such a godsend because we don't actually want to be that person. No. And that's why mum created it. Yeah. She was sick of nagging all the time and it just takes away that pester power and the nagging and the like constantly having to ask all the same questions. If it's on that magnet, they just know that they have to do it. Or you can just politely remind them like, have you done your jobs? What are you working towards? Are you getting close? Instead of, have you done this? Have you done that? Why haven't you done it type thing? And now the kids will still like, will eventually learn that when they do those things, They'll get rewarded. They'll work towards what they're working towards. Whereas yeah. if they don't, they miss that opportunity. Yeah. Well, I have taken points away before. Mm-hmm. So if there's bad behavior, mm-hmm. I've taken points away. And I have um, also withheld like rewards and stuff mm-hmm. like that before. Mm-hmm. So, and it's effective. Mm. It is actually mm. effective. So, yeah. but I think it is something that it's just like with the me strategies, you need to work on that. Like nothing is a magic bullet. So you really need to, if you're going to set it up, you need to chuck it on the fridge and you need to be engaged with it as Mm, well. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Daily and sort of make it, like you're saying with nutrition, like part of that baseline of Mm. behaviour. Yeah, and it doesn't take much time to get it set up and even to just review it every couple of weeks, every month, every week, depending on what you want and just changing things up and adding things to it or doing some fresh ones just so the kids are constantly working towards different things and I guarantee like a lot of the kids get so excited about doing it um especially like they thought that was hilarious creating that one for me and my partner (laughs) the mirror um was funny and also you can be a certain character that you Mm. choose so my kids uh change it up all the time so (laughs) the other day I was like who's the Who's that little black shaggy dog? And they're like, oh, that's Dan. (laughs) So so we're always like popping up as these new entities, which is very funny as well. Yeah. My mum actually hand drew those characters. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were designed for children with neurodivergence to kind of relate to a character and keep it a little bit more anonymous. And it's more ah, a cool. visual impact of the me strategies. Well, it's fun anyway. Just yeah, to- well, my daughter's autistic, so okay. she's the one who gets into the characters. Yeah. So you're on point with yeah, that. Yeah, that's why. And that's why she did that. So everything in the me strategies has so much reason behind it, reason and research, even though we don't necessarily see that when we open it. We're like, oh, wow, she's thought of everything here. Because your mum was a child psychologist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, yeah. Yeah, she was really good at her job and very successful and worked with a lot of children in foster care and a lot of children with severe trauma backgrounds and she wanted to find something that made it – it was more so easier for them to be able to 
do the tasks and yeah yeah and to not be sort of punished all the time yes. to actually be rewarded for all the amazing things they're yeah. doing and be recognized because that's what actually works it's really brought me into awareness over stuff like i think half the time i get pissed off at my children because they're not in my head you know what i mean <laughs> because they can't hear like i'm thinking oh i wish they would have done this but they're not in there they're off whatever they're doing squeezing lemon juice or something for some stall that they're creating (laughs) and they think that's really important Mm -hmm. i did read something the other day um well i heard from a counselor or something they were talking about how like their little emotions and god as a mum, you can just get so frustrated when they are when you know the magnitude of the world and Mm -hmm. you know everything and they're really annoyed over like something small like i think lily found some little sketch of hers in the bin that was like it looked like a squiggle and the house was an absolute mess and I'm just like oh my god and I'll yell I'll be like that's not important rah 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 and the psychologist was saying no you know that is their world so Mm. you have to be nurturing and Mm -hmm. so it does help you with that baseline of calmness just because I found before I implemented the me strategies and in the past, I've just been so crazy busy, especially as a single parent, that you do, you're living a little bit in that fight or flight, mm-hmm. you know, parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system. Um, and any tiny little thing they do, you just go, like you can just go off at them. Mm-hmm. And it never helps. Like no. They always just get more sad. I've never had a child that you yell at that, sort of works for them mm-hmm. or smacking mm-hmm. or mm. it never works and the me strategies makes them feel seen because you're recognizing yeah. what they are doing as mums we're always like you haven't done this you haven't done that yeah. go do this go do that <laughs> and we're never sort of the stopping. military and yes. i know that it's not necessarily rewarding them for every single little thing no but it's teaching them that obviously the good behaviors and doing like working together working towards the household listening to mom like those things really do help everyone and yeah. They're seen and recognised and you're working towards rewards, which can be just an hour of screen time or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be going to the shops and buy a toy. Yeah, exactly. And also that what you're doing, even if you don't – look, we don't have wins all the time. Like sometimes – we take the girls now to a restaurant once a week (laughs) (laughs) and it's this – it's re- it's a really unpopular because it's like a 70s Chinese restaurant, like old school. Um, it's not cool or anything, mm-hmm. but we did that on purpose because we're like we don't want other people to have to put up with our children's behaviour. <laughs> and they have actually been like they're getting better and better. But last week they were really – they were practising their cheerleading moves everywhere and <laughs> my youngest was lying on her belly across the chair and I was just like – we're going now and I just got so frustrated but you need to remember that the things you're doing like the if I look at it from a third point of party view that it's actually getting better bit by bit you know Mm -hmm. what I mean that baseline is getting better yeah oh gosh but sometimes you just go yeah you know like it's still it's nothing is the magic bullet but those behaviors are getting and that's amazing and I think that's the whole point of it was just to make parents and carers' lives that little bit easier. And then over time, probably a lot easier. Mm, yeah, definitely. And just really working on some behaviours that I guess some parents might even think, I don't even know how we're ever going to get my child to stop doing that. So even some more severe behaviours. Or just getting them to unpack the dishwasher without being asked. Like it, it really depends on what you're wanting from it. And it's that's why it's so versatile and unique in that way. Yeah. And I think as well, following through, like I... In the past, I have to look at myself and say that I have not been the parent that followed through. Like we have this thing of when we go to the supermarket that if they're good, they get a one thing. And (laughs) I have been the one who even if my child is naughty, I'll still get them the one thing because I'm just like, oh, okay, just have the one thing because of the pester power Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have sort of flexed that mental muscle a bit more and been like, no. And it hurts so much to... It's really hard to do that with your children, like enforce those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's really hard. But I think overall it's good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the me strategies. Where can people find 
the me strategies online online at our website it's just www.themestrategies.com.au nice and simple you can find us on social media instagram and facebook um and yeah we've got free shipping still at the moment and we've got an amazing deal so i think it's about 40 percent off or you save at least yeah you save quite a bit of money on it so good for christmas i reckon and you know what in the back of my head i would have it as a good good idea for your partner (laughs) because really like you have that like i find like as a woman too there are those things you nag your partner about, mm-hmm. whereas you wouldn't, if you were being all inclusive with the family, you do it as a fun thing. But yeah. you can be like, hey, babe, like this, you know, and they can do it to you too. And then it's not a thing anymore. And I think it's still, their points, it's have their points for the week. Yeah, I think it's still really fun. I mean, what the rewards could be some, one, of, one of you shouts dinner. Yeah. One of you shouts the other to a massage, like yep, whatever. whatever. You, you yep. have a day of no cooking or chores. Like yes. you could have some serious fun with it and it could be really healthy for a relationship. School pick up for a week or exactly, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think people would have fun with it. Even if yeah, whether you're doing it with kids or whether you don't have children, yeah. like, I think it's still a great So do I. Yeah. It's a good one. Well there you go, you might have to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> in a relationship and you're just sick and tired of your partner not pulling their weight. Yeah. Or you know, saying he's babysitting his own children or, for example, <laughs> oh, <laughs> have to babysit. It's oh. like, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. It's not called babysitting when you're a kid. Thanks for coming on, Georgia. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHMNewcastleHunterMamas.com.